What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back with you here on the Dad Tired Podcast. It is good to be with you. If you are just stumbling upon this podcast for the first time, welcome. We're glad to have you. Uh, we are a ministry that is just focused on pointing guides towards Jesus, uh, which it turns out there are very few ministries that are just geared towards husbands and dads. There are a lot of ministries out there for women and moms, but not so many for husbands and dads. And there are even fewer, I found, um, that are really just focused on pointing guys to Jesus. There's a lot of stuff out there that like, um, you know, wants to like help change your behavior. A lot of conferences, a lot of books, a lot of content out there that's just telling you guys to like man up and be more disciplined and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, whatever, it's fine it's for some guys that works. But um, essentially what it's doing is it's trying to change your behavior. And we're not trying to change your behavior. We're trying to point you towards Jesus. And we're convinced I'm convinced that if we can point you towards Jesus, that your heart would begin to change and heart change lasts much longer than behavior modification. You and I both know that we can try to like muster up the energy to be good men, be faithful men, be God-fearing men, and we fail. Uh, We just don't have it within us to do that. But I do believe that the spirit of God within us can empower us to live the kind of lives um, that like don't make, that doesn't make sense to the world. Like we can kind of, we can be the kind of men that God desires us to be um, because of his spirit in us. But that comes from a changed heart. That doesn't come from changed behavior. So that's what we're all about. You can find out more uh, about Dad Tired by going to dadtired.com. Specifically, the thing that is most helpful there is there's a link there that says community and it will uh, help you find other guys in your area. But more specifically, um, it will point you to a closed Facebook group um, where there's a few thousand guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. And we'd love to have you come be part of that. Um, hang out with us there. So go to dadtired.com, click the community tab. Today, I'm going to talk about two things that seem really random, uh, and that's because they are really random. And the topics themselves aren't random, but the two don't necessarily tie in together. Although uh, I could be talking here and um, Maybe after I talk about the two, I'll figure out a way to tie them both in. But in my mind right now, they uh, are two totally separate. Uh, They're different topics, but um, I think both important. I don't think that each one, I would want to make a full podcast on them. Um, So that's why I'm kind of taking two thoughts here and combining them into one thought. The first one's this. Uh, About a month ago, I was in Walmart. And uh, my my son and I have been watching this fishing show on TV called Catching Monsters. I think that's what it's called. It's a maybe Netflix show. And uh, super into like fishing stuff. This guy goes around the world and tries to catch the biggest fish. It's a cool show. It's whatever. We're, you know, it's entertaining. Um, so we've been watching that together and we got through much of the season. And, and as we were going through it, like towards, in one of the episodes, I was thinking like, why are we sitting here watching fishing shows? Um, I could probably make better use of my time by like going fishing with my son. Uh, so we just headed to Walmart and got some fishing stuff and, uh, found a pond nearby that they had just stocked with fish, which was awesome. Cause my son, uh, he, it was his first time he had ever fished and he caught 11 fish. 
<laughs> which uh, is a blessing and a curse, you know. So for the first time he ever fished, he caught 11 fish. He had the time of his life. He loves fishing now. He's obsessed with fishing, which for me is super fun. I'm not a big fisherman. Um, I'm just like learning as he's learning, really. But we're having a blast, and he loves fishing, which is great. But the you know the curse is now that he thinks wherever he goes, he's going to catch a bunch of fish, which is not the case. I'm con- I'm I think that they that they had must have just stocked that pond like minutes before we got there. He literally couldn't cast without catching something. It was pretty fun. Anyway, so we're at Walmart getting some fishing supplies, and uh, he's he, I'm I'm looking at the bait and the tack the tackle and all this stuff, and uh, he's looking. There's a magazine rack in the outdoor section of Walmart, and it has this um, picture of a woman dressed in you know nothing basically a bikini it's a fitness magazine so they're they're clearly trying to show off bodies and uh, so i'm not paying attention i'm looking at all the the fishing stuff and uh i look over and he's just mesmerized by this magazine uh he's five he's almost six and i said son what's up dude and he said daddy look at this magazine and so i said you know what is it and i come go over there and look and i see what he's looking at and he i can tell that the he's processing new thoughts that he had. He's feeling things he's never felt. He's seen things he's never seen. And uh, he's just trying to process that. And I said, yeah, dude, let's, let's not look at that anymore. Let's go look over here. Let's try to find what bait we have or we can use. And so I try to just, you know, divert. He's five. So I didn't think we needed to talk much about it. Um, I didn't want to plant thoughts in his head that didn't need to be there if there weren't any there. So I just, I moved on. Well, a month goes by, and uh, I'm at home, and my my wife takes him out on running some errands, and it's just he and uh, it it's just the two of them in the car. And my son, for even at five years old, has an incredible ability to process his emotions and his thoughts and articulate them really well. He can put vocabulary to hit what he's feeling, which is a gift um, for anyone, especially a guy, <laughs> you know, to be able to uh, to put words to what you're feeling. I think we're all struggling with that, um, but he's. He's really good at that. He has a high EQ, emotional intelligence. And uh, so he's he's telling, um, I don't know how the, the subject got brought up, but he essentially starts to tell my wife about that magazine a month ago um, and how it made him feel. And so she's just asking questions. And and he said that it, it made his body feel weird. And, um, uh, you know, it made the lower half of his body feel weird. Again, he's five years old, uh, and he was trying to process that he had felt bad about it, um, that he had seen this magazine, um, and that it also made him feel weird. And, you know, he, all the things that you and I as guys know what it's like, right? The first time many of us looked at porn for the first time or saw a naked woman or whatever, we know that there's like this incredible amount of guilt, um, and yet there's something inside of us that's like... Um, you know, this feels right. And and there's just this tug of war. You know exactly what if you're a guy listening to this and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So he didn't see porn, but he saw basically porn, a, a woman uh, in a bathing suit on a magazine and he's five years old and he's trying to process all that, what he's feeling. And uh, my wife came home and she was a wreck, dude. Like she was a mess. Uh, he's our oldest child. And uh, it, it's the first time like we've experienced as parents, um, our son introduced to like the reality of sexual things 
And uh, she was just a wreck. She like hated the woman on that magazine. She wanted to like boycott Walmart. Uh, she wanted to move out in the middle of the woods so that he would never see anything like that again. And uh, as a parent, you know this, like the, it's, there's all kinds of things that we go through. I mean, there's part of me that I don't want my son to experience all the things that I've experienced and all the shame that I've experienced, all the junk that I've seen in the world and been exposed to or exposed myself to and uh, I and that I've heard other people go through. Like, I just want to protect him. He's my little boy. I remember, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I literally remember just rocking him and like feeding a bottle to him and changing his diaper. It wasn't that long ago. And here we are like dealing with the things that he's feeling because of what he's seen on a, in a magazine at Walmart. And uh, these are really, really difficult things to to navigate through as parents, especially as young parents. And so, uh, and, and frankly, there aren't that many good solutions. Like if you start to research out there and Google out there and read books, I mean, there's some stuff, but uh, there's not a ton of resources for us in trying to figure out, like, how do we navigate uh, as parents through this journey and through this world and the junk of the world? And so here's the conclusion that I've come up with. You know, my wife is just like, she's really upset. She's, uh, this is her baby boy. She's mad. She's upset. She's hurt. She's, uh, she, her heart is broken for the things that he's feeling. And I, what I try to walk my wife through is number one, the things he's feeling is good. Like, um, God designed us to feel those things. Like that's that, those are God-given feelings. You know, we we shouldn't be afraid uh, or have our kids be afraid of feeling those kinds of things. Obviously, he's five, and so you 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 try to put boundaries on like what he's feeling and having how to navigate that. And then the sin, the the shame comes from like the sinful, broken world. Like uh, the same as back in the garden, Adam and Eve, they were naked and they felt shame. Nakedness was not a sin. Uh, God created them to be naked and to to enjoy each other, and yet they felt shame. And so there's there's this um, tension happening between sinful, shameful, brokenness, and godly goodness, Like, and they're colliding with each other in one moment. And you and I know this feeling. My son, uh, for the very first time, felt that feeling, and it sucks, right? It's like the, it's a terrible feeling. Um, but trying to distinguish what is good, and this is a you know, as parents, we need to do this. What is good? What is God given? We never want to put shame towards things that are God given things. Uh, to look at a woman and to think that she's beautiful is a good God given thing. To feel things that are good inside of you, like man, uh, you know, I would never say this to my five year old son, but when I look at my wife and she looks pretty, and I'm like, man, I want to make love to that woman. <laughs> That's a God given thing. We were designed and created to do that. That's not bad. You should never feel shame about that. Um, so, really trying to help separate. Um, what is good and godly and God-designed and what is shameful and sinful and perverted and perverse and what the world has made a beautiful thing and turned it ugly and really trying to distinguish the two and, and not throwing the baby out with the bathwater in the sense that just because there's shame mixed in with the good godly stuff doesn't mean we throw it all away. We need to help our kids decide like what is good? Like it's good, son. It's good to, it's okay to think a woman's pretty. Like God makes good things. He makes, uh, it's he made you think that women are pretty and that's okay. One day you'll get to grow up and marry a woman and she'll get, she'll have a pretty heart and she'll be kind and nice and attractive and maybe you'll think she's pretty. Uh, and those are all good things that you get to look forward to one day when you're older and you get to be married and enjoy those things. You know, so that's kind of how I help him navigate as a five-year-old, that kind of stuff, that one day you'll get to be married to a woman that you think is attractive and beautiful. And that's a cool thing. God made marriage and God made beautiful women. And that's awesome. Um, the other thing though, 
and I think this this is probably more important, is in my initial gut reaction, I'm like my wife, like, dude, we need to freaking move out into the middle of nowhere so he can never see another thing again. We're not going to have internet. We're not going to have cell phones. We're not going <laughs> to interact with any other human beings. But here's the reality. It is impossible to protect our kids and ourselves from the junk of the world. It's impossible. Um, whether it's a magazine at Walmart or a, an a billboard or something he sees on TV or on YouTube or something his friend says or a thought that the enemy puts in his mind, there's nothing that we can stop, that we can do to stop our kids from experiencing the sin and junk of the world. And that sucks. Your kids, my kids are going to experience things, be exposed to things, see things that they should not be exposed to, that they should not see, that they should not hear. And that sucks. That is the reality of being part of a broken, sinful world. And uh, that should lead us to being that much more excited that Jesus is going to come back one day, um, that he'll make all things new again, that there will be no more brokenness or shame or perversion or junk or sin in the world. He'll he'll make it all right again. And that's what our hope, our hearts long for. But for now, there's sin and there's shame and there's junk. And we can't protect them from all of it. We obviously can put boundaries on it. Um, But it's bigger than just um, putting filters on the computer and my phone and the TV and sheltering their eyes, although all of those things should happen. All of that should happen. You should absolutely be diligent about protecting the things that your kids see and hear, but also know that you can't protect them from everything. And so my goal isn't just to shelter my son and my daughter from all the evil of the world. My goal is to try to point them towards the fact that the only thing that can actually satisfy their soul, the only thing that they act, the deepest need within them that can be satisfied is by Jesus and him alone. And, uh, This is true in our own lives as you and I uh, are men and we're trying to be faithful men after God. We will never be freed from temptation or from all the junk and crap of the world. And so the point isn't just to put filters on everything, although that is good, like filter, you know, control the things that you're, uh, as much as you can, the things that you see and, and that you allow to enter into your mind. Absolutely. But also, more than anything, would you be convinced that Jesus is the only thing uh, that could satisfy your soul? A question that I ask myself often when I'm tempted with anything, whether it's money or lust or status or uh, whatever it is, a better job, whatever, whatever it is, the thing that I, I try to ask myself often is, will this give me the satisfaction that in this moment I'm convinced it will give me? Uh, Because when we're faced with temptation, really what we're tempted with is, this is going to satisfy me. And so then to ask myself, is this actually going to satisfy me? Uh, You know, all my emotions, all the things that I'm feeling in my body right now, in my mind, in my heart, are convincing me that whatever temptation is in front of me is going to satisfy me. And so to have to step back from just a second to be a little bit of objective on your life and to ask yourself, will this actually satisfy me? Um, and you and I both know, dude, that it won't. Uh, you have looked at porn. You've got the the a bigger paycheck. You've experienced something, a cool toy, a boat, a PlayStation, whatever. Uh, and you, for a second, it satisfies, but it never quite satisfies your soul. And nothing to me is more satisfying than just feeling like I'm right with Jesus, than feeling like um, I'm I'm in a place where I'm not 
held back by guilt or shame, but I can like freely talk to God and recognize that I'm a child of his, that I'm loved by him, that I'm delighted in him. There is no better peace in my heart than when I'm just right with God. And, um, and so that's the thing that number one, you should be chasing after and two, pointing your kids to not that you protect them from all the junk of the world, but that you can begin to point them and steer them towards Jesus, the only one who could satisfy their soul and start to help them realize like, dude, uh, yes, that woman on the magazine, son, is pretty, like she's pretty, but uh, you know, and again, this is for a five-year-old, so you have to filter how you talk. I'm not going to talk about really sexual things. He has no idea what sexual things are, but just introducing them to even in that moment just saying son like uh isn't it cool how jesus makes good things and what i'm just doing there is at an early age starting trying to start to point him back towards jesus that jesus is the only one that can satisfy our soul that jesus is the only one that gives good gifts and that that can actually meet the needs of our heart oh you know and as he's older as he begins to become a teenager and grow and starts to be exposed to sexual things to tell him like, dude, I know that everything in you, it just like believes that you need some like that you need to see a naked woman or to look at porn or to do this with your girlfriend or whatever. But son, let me remind you uh, that there's nothing that can satisfy your soul more than Jesus, that all of those things, even though they're good, when done outside of the context of how Jesus designed them, they'll actually leave you broken and they'll leave you wanting more and they'll leave you feeling guilty and full of shame, um, and you're taking a good godly thing and you're making it uh, something that you could worship, and that God will fail you. The God that you need to actually worship is Jesus. He's the only one that can satisfy your soul. That's the way that we need to raise our kids, and that's the way that you and I uh, need to face temptation now is to constantly ask ourselves, will this satisfy my soul more than Jesus can? And the answer is always no. Uh, so that's the the first thing I realized that I went a little bit longer than I had planned to um, on that first one. Let me just end the podcast with this um, statement. And I, I did figure out a way that I could tie these two things together. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling once I start talking it out and get it out of my mind that I, I'd, I'd be able to make a link. Here's the thing. Um, there are many of you who are doing your best to try to get close to God. You're, you know, you've maybe stopped drinking or stopped smoking or stopped cussing or stopped watching certain things or listening to certain music, whatever. And I commend you uh, for like trying to take steps towards following Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've never like you you haven't done any of that, but you download this podcast because you think maybe that will help you get closer to Jesus. But there's something in you that's just like, man, I'm not satisfied. Uh, I'm chasing after things that aren't satisfying my soul. And I need something that will give me that kind of peace. Um, Here's my challenge to you. Um, Jesus, God himself in human flesh, right? So he's 100% human and 100% God at the same time. He's walking the earth and Jesus took time in the midst of all his chaos as he's healing and uh, being mocked and uh, and people are following him and then leaving him and disciples are rebelling against him. Again, and all the stuff that Jesus had going on, he would take time to break away to go spend time with the Father in quiet and here's my challenge, man. Uh, I Six months ago, I deleted uh, all my personal social media accounts. The only way that I interact on social media now is through Dad Tired. I don't follow like any friends. I even deleted my wife, my grandma, like my mom, everybody. I have zero personal friendships on any social media platform. Um, and it has been one of the most freeing 
decisions that I've ever made for multiple reasons, and I, I could go into that more. But the point is, it's just allowed a little bit of space, a little bit more quiet in my life and to get closer to Jesus. And in the last six months, I can honestly say that I have grown closer to Jesus. Now, I don't think it's a direct link from deleting all my social media accounts, but I certainly think that that has helped. Um, and my point is here, and the challenge to you would be, If you are feeling far from God, are you creating some kind of space where you can at least allow him the opportunity to speak to you? Um, If you are so busy and and not even just busy, but you're allowing lots of noise, every time you're in the car, the music's on, every time you have a moment, uh, you know, in the shower and you're going to the bathroom, when you're laying in bed at night, when you're like checking social media or even checking sports scores or news stories or whatever, could you, and I don't need, I, I'm, I hate like giving people behavior stuff. I say this all the time. You know this about me. I'm not trying to change your behavior. I just want to point you towards Jesus. But listen, are you allowing yourself to let Jesus like capture your heart? And so I hate to like put a challenge on it um, or even like give you a solid like here you need to do this, but I'm going to do that a little bit. What Take a week, take two weeks, take 30 days, take 90 days, whatever you feel like you want to do. Maybe the spirit of God would like prompt your heart uh, in some way as I'm saying this right now. But what is it in your life that you're just spending too much time on uh, that you need to get rid of? Not because it's necessarily bad, but because you need to create space for God to capture your heart again. Uh, And that might be social media. Social media might be pulling away from your time. It may be adding to your temptation, which I have a feeling if you're on social media, I'm a dude. I know what stuff comes on social media. There's stuff on there that's tempting. You take it out, that's one less area of temptation. And again, that's how I tied those two things together. The first thing we were talking about and this, what are you allowing into your mind? And this may be one of the, the things that you just cut out so that you don't have that that thing tempting you. You're going to get bombarded by temptation everywhere, but you don't need to add unnecessary temptation to your life. So maybe you cut the social media stuff out. Maybe you cut uh, Netflix out or a certain TV show you're watching or whatever it is. The point is, I guess, twofold. Number one, that you are starting to have be active and intentional about the things that you're letting into your mind and also creating space. It doesn't necessarily have to be a temptation, but Allowing yourself to create some space so that there's just some quiet in your life where God can capture your heart. On a side note, I uh, many of you know I run my own business. Uh, I, I'm built as an entrepreneur. I start a lot of things. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I've heard over and over and over and over again, even from the secular world, is some of the most successful people in the world, the thing that they have in common is that they have a Uh, the same morning routine all the time where they allow themselves some quiet time where they don't get bombarded by world, the world, the email, the news, the phone calls or whatever, but they just create some space in the mornings. They wake up before everybody else and they're just quiet. And so from a secular world, some of them are meditating or doing whatever. Um, But are you creating space? So I guess the point isn't just that for a secular, from a secular uh, worldly perspective, entrepreneur money perspective. Um, but the point is, it just makes sense. 
I think God desired or designed us so that we would be wired, that we would have quiet, that he would speak to us in the quiet. I have all kinds of, there's like so many Bible stories going through my mind and examples going through my mind. That's why I'm stumbling over my words here because I'm thinking of all kinds of stuff um, in the quiet that's so helpful. But uh, before I go into our, instead of going into all that and kind of rambling through all that, going down a bunch of rabbit holes, um, I guess I'll just clearly say this, set down your phone turn off the TV, turn off the radio, create space in your life where you can actually have your heart captured by Jesus, where he would speak to you. Listen, he can do it through all the noise. God can do whatever he wants. But maybe part of seeking him isn't necessarily doing all these spiritual disciplines. Maybe it's just creating a little bit of space and quiet where he, you could actually hear him try to capture your heart again. So that's my prayer for you, man. One, that you would point yourself and that you would point your kids back towards Jesus, that you would realize that there's nothing that can satisfy your soul more than he can. And number two, that you'd um, take away some of the things that might be tempting you. Um, maybe tempting you through social status, through uh, sexual integrity, whatever it is. Um, But maybe it's just not even temptations. Maybe it's just distractions from the things of being quiet and allowing God to capture your heart. Hopefully that was helpful. Maybe even in the next, the last 20 minutes, God has captured your heart in some way. I hope that that's true. Jesus, would that be true? Would you capture anyone who's listening to my voice right now, Lord? I pray that you would, by your spirit, draw them to you. God, not by their own doing, but because you are a gracious God who loves us. You chase us down like uh, the story of the prodigal son and the father running down the road to get his son. Uh, Lord, that's how you chase us down. And so, Lord, I pray that whoever's listening to this podcast right now, that you'd chase them down, that you'd capture their heart, that this would be a little bit of water on the seeds that you are planting, God, um, that you would help grow. You're the one who waters. You're the one who grows. You do it all, Lord. So I just pray that by your spirit, you would draw the hearts of men back to you, that we would be the kind of husbands and men and fathers that you desire us to be, Lord. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Later.